All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all are not this ready. Black, get ready. Table. Read. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Black Table Read. We the team to get you focused. We the hottest. We the baddest. We the boldest. Turn up the volume. It's your people. Yeah, you know this. Young black artists in the fold. Yeah, we own it. Yeah. What's going on, party people? Yo, it's what up, what up? Black Table Read. It's Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. what a lovely day it is. A this is your girl, Lydia day. Iku. The, see, listen. <laughs> listen to you. <laughs> when I wake up in the... <laughs> Lord, sorry, this is what y'all. happens. This is what happens when it's a season finale. We just, I'm sorry. Oh, we just get too happy. season finale. <laughs> I'm going to cry. I'm going to oh, cry. Oh, Lord. Happy what's up y'all let me introduce myself again this is lydia iku the queen of shade hey what's going on everybody <laughs> this is jarius client mr king petty himself and welcome again to black table read here on this beautiful tuesday y'all may is over like can we talk yeah. about it it literally yeah. happened and now it's over and now we're in june. what's happening now it's june <sighs> oh man it's it's the it's the end of this road this road it, for this season, it is. It is the it season is. finale of Black Table Read. Season season two has been great. I've, I've it was season two. I mean, I, we 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 unlocked we, some we, things. Yeah, we ended up. We ended up. I thought first season was fire, and then season two, we just came out swinging. For yeah. sure. Like like we and were we Sharkeisha. ain't done. <laughs> Sharkeisha, Sharkeisha, no, <laughs> don't kick her, Sharkeisha. <laughs> The fact uh, that I can say that name and you know what I, exactly I'm talking oh, about. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. It's great. It's great. I love moments like, like this. Sharkeisha, <laughs> no. Sharkeisha, no. Ah, ain't got no don't sense. Don't kick her. Don't Violence kick her, Violence is Sharkeisha. not the answer, y'all. Violence it's is not, not the answer. We're not condoning that at all, so let's, let's but, make that known. <laughs> but run up, get done up. That's all I'm going to say. Look, <laughs> don't start none, won't be none. Look. All right, y'all. Oh let's stop. God. Let's stop acting rache <laughs> and get to the business at hand. All right, so we're gonna jump into our black top. This is our first segment of the show where we just talk about some black excellence, give y'all some news, and let y'all know the dish. So, brother, you want to start us off? Yeah, uh, let's let's kick it off with some some positivity. So, Howard University, HU, and hopefully somebody on the other end says the other part. Uh, has has been in the news most recently for two things. One, uh, Felicia Rashad is now on faculty, so shout out to the mother of all mothers. Nice. Uh, but most recently, they've decided to renamed uh, rename the reestablished College of Fine Arts after Mr. Chadwick Boseman himself. So our man is officially immortalized at his alma mater, Howard University. So. Uh, it will be called the College of Fine Arts uh, to the Chadwick A. Bozeman. So it'll be the Chadwick mm-hmm. A. Bozeman College of Fine Arts now. Uh, so I'm That's excited. Awesome. It, this 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 kind of makes me want to go back to school. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like I kind of I I want to be like yeah I got my degree and I was in the Chadwick A. Bozeman Fine Arts. Like it just makes me want to pursue higher education all over again. Without the loan, you head on by yourself, brother, because I ain't doing. Oh that. no, no, no! I'm not. But I'll go and visit and be like, "Hey, y'all, what's the Chadwick building?" Uh, uh-uh, uh, I, I am not going. I told somebody the other day, I am <laughs> tapped out from grad school uh, after uh-huh. the first year, and I barely yeah. was able to push myself to the second year. So, shout out to anybody 
who is pursuing higher education, we are praying for you. We'll keep you on the Look, prayer list. Much m- many prayers. Yes, but I, I think knows. this this is this is important. Uh, this goes out to our big mission statement here, at Black Top. I mean, not Black Top, Black Table Read about representation. Like, just think of all the people who will come into that university, into that college, and like what that means to have Felicia Rashad and the essence essentially of Chadwick Boseman carrying it. Like that's a powerful thing. I think that's going to push a lot of people to pursue some really good excellence. So I'm excited for that. Uh, So class of whatever, take, take to the streets, go for it, go, go apply to HU and, and do do the thing. So, all right, what else we got? All right. So just to jump into sports really quick. Um, For all my tennis fans out there, um, Naomi Osaka was recently in the news because she was fined for not wanting to speak to uh, the French media during the French Open here recently. I think she is due to be in the second round either today or tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. And like I said, she's been fined 15K for not speaking to the press, citing her reasons um, due to mental health. And if you all were online with us, uh, or rather was listening to last week's episode when we had um, our special guest, Ms. Sharna Wilson, on to talk about, you know, the use of therapy and, you know, all the things that make you feel the way that you feel, you know, dealing with your mental health. Mm-hmm. When you're in a in a state of, you know, professionalism and really just in the the mark that Naomi Osaka is, I mean, being one of the top female players in the sport, you have a lot of pressure on you. You have a lot going on, and you would think that the press would understand that, but the press is the press. And for me, coming from a broadcasting standpoint, all we want is the story. We want to hear what you got to say. You can lose the match, and we still want to understand, hey, what about that serve? Yeah. Why didn't you do it? What? What? Why'd you? Why? Why'd you hit it outside instead of inside? What happened? And in in that player's mind, they're just like, "Are you serious? Are you kidding?" And yeah. again, you know, you would think that they would just have an understanding because they too are humans. But when you got a job to do, that's all they care about. So yeah, she was fined that fifteen thousand after skipping her mandatory news conference following her first round win at the French Open. Um, this past Sunday, and she can face stiffer punishment, including a default from the tournament, if she continues to s- avoid speaking with the media. And she went to Twitter saying that anger is a lack of understanding. Change makes people uncomfortable. And like I said, she's due to yeah. be in the second round against uh, Anna Bogdan in, uh, on Tuesday. Hey, she's going to have so, to hit that... Uh... That Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get. Fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. And 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 like I said, it's like because because NBA players, NFL players, like they go through it all the time too. In in any any sports teams, like they go through it, and it's like, you know, when you when you come into like the same questions, it is frustrating because it's just like, what else do yeah. I need to tell y'all? And then if I tell you I'm literally not in a good headspace, I don't feel like talking then why can't that be? Just but it, according that, to yeah. leave it be, they but according 15K, to the, <laughs> but according to the open, they said that they wanted to underline that the rules are in place to ensure that all players are treated exactly the same, no matter their stature, beliefs or achievement. 
And I was actually mm. talking with somebody once I pulled up the the article about I wonder if they would even treat, you know, somebody like a Roger Federer, um, you know, the same way. Like would yeah. would they be like, Oh, well, he doesn't feel like talking, but thinking about it, no, because in tennis world, they're they're some harsh folk. Yeah. But if you can shout break out to that rack. queen. Yeah. Right. You can look and and I remember what was it last year, um, Djokovic, he when he hit the ball Oh, and, and it hit, hit one of the 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 officials. yes one of the yeah. referees and they went ballistic because yeah. they were like you can tell it was intentional but looking back at it I mean because he did end up throwing like hitting the ball and it hit the the ref in her throat so mm. of course they took you know actions after that and he was kicked out of the the entire tournament after that yeah. um but again you know mental health is sincerely important and you know shout out to that queen for just you know continuing on doing her thing we wish her well in uh tuesday's round and uh, hope that things get better for her all right what you got bro well on to another queen or king uh miss regina king <laughs> uh i just love her like She's, what you did there she, she look you see what i did there yeah, first off, she's just so beautiful. Just so beautiful, Miss Regina King. Just a sweet spirit, just in general. But Gary she has shot y'all. Hey, look, <laughs> look, <laughs> shots will be taken. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Uh, she has been on such a tear with her career as of the past couple years. I mean, from Watchmen to making her directorial debut with uh One Night in Miami. So now she's sought after as as a you know legitimate working director as well as a fabulous actress. Uh, and so it's been rumored as of recently, and it came to a shock to her, that she will be on the short list for directors for the new Superman movie that will eventually come out, uh, which I'm gunko for because it's Superman. Who doesn't love a good Superman movie? But the thing about this Superman is they're rumoring him to be black. So Michael B. Jordan is on the short list to play. Is he? Oh, God. Oh, God. I wish y'all, I wish you could hear all of this in this woman's voice. So, yes, he is on the short list to play Superman, but not the Superman that we know as Kal-El, Clark Kent. There's a multiverse Superman that is black. So I'm excited to see what comes. But yeah, that was a complete shock to her when she was getting interviewed. Uh, so she hasn't signed on, but uh, Mr. Uh Coates is said to be writing the screenplay. So we'll see what shakes up with that. I mean, uh, the, the thing about these superheroes is they're fictional. You can make them any color, any gender, any orientation. Like, you have free reign to reimagine them. Um, I was just watching a documentary from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and the villain in the show is played by a teenage girl, but in the comics, it's a grown man. And so, you know, it gives it a different weight. So it's just stuff like that. Like, you can make these characters whatever you need to to get the story across. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. What else What else we got to round us, round us out, ma'am? To round us off, for my um, Anne Boleyn fans, if you were aware, there is uh, the new movie 
uh, surrounding her, starring Jodie Turner-Smith. If you're not familiar with her, she was in uh, Queen and Slim. And most recently, she was actually in um, the most recent movie with Michael B. Jordan. Yep, that's good. And um, there was some backlash because if you, again, if you follow with the story or the life of Anne Boleyn during that time, she was a white woman. <laughs> and Jodie Turner-Smith is not. Now, the backlash, of course, was just that. That when it was first announced that she would be betraying this queen of England, Anne Boleyn, she became, you know, the instant subject of, you know, this racist backlash. And mm-hmm. back in 2020, she was cast as Anne Boleyn in a three-part thriller miniseries for the UK network Channel 5. Mm-hmm. Now, she has since addressed all of this backlash and said that she knew it would be something that people felt very passionately about either in a positive or negative way. And because Anne is a human in history who people feel very strongly about, she said more than anything, I wanted to tell the human story at the center of all of this. And she cited that motherhood informed her of her decision to even go ahead and take the role. And for myself, just doing some more research, there has definitely been some comments, some some hefty comments on, you know, people who feel like because she is a not only a black woman, she is British, that mm-hmm. that doesn't give her the just do to play a character such as this or play a real figure such yeah. as um, Queen Anne Boleyn. So, brother, I'm going to throw it to you. Ooh. Ooh. Tell the people what you mm. think because then mm. we can round it out and let yeah <laughs> let, let, it, let, just, it just, let, <laughs> let it lie let it let it be. It, it kind of reminds me of the conversation that we had that actually sparked Black Table Read, uh, and how we view the okay to play different characters and different things of that nature so Lydia how all of this got started Lydia posed the question about it being okay for why is it okay for black actors and actresses to play white people i.e like white chicks and that kind of stuff but if it's Mm -hmm. reversed it's looked down upon Mm -hmm. this kind of fits that bill so what I just said a minute ago with fictional characters is like superheroes and that kind of stuff I think that is a perfect time to gender swap uh um to nationality swap to ethnicity swap anything that you can do because these par- these people don't really exist outside right. of page historical people i mean they're they're legitimate people i mean there was that big controversy a while ago with uh uh Zoe Zeldana when she played uh, Nina Simone. Uh, and I just remember being like, "What? <laughs> Y'all couldn't find nobody, no, no dark skin, nothing, nothing against Zo- you know Zoe, but even Zoe eventually said she regrets taking that role. Like, yeah, I, I, I remember, just, I remember yeah, talking about that. I just don't think it's necessary. I get trying to be forward. I mean." Even Marvel said this about there, and and if Marvel is is being conscious about what they're doing, so in the comics there's a character he's an Asian uh, master called the Ancient One that works with Doctor mm-hmm. Strange. When Doctor Strange came out, they cast it to a white woman, 
and they thought they were being edgy and this kind of stuff. I forget it's uh Tilda something, but she's like a really famous like Oh group. Tilda Swanson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, recently they came out, Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel Studios, was like, Yeah, we got that wrong. Cause they were so afraid of going too far to making a mockery of the old Asian wise, you know, master. And then they were like, well, let's do a, a white woman. They were like, yeah, we just, there, sh- there should have been a way to do it, to pay mm-hmm. homage and give representation without making it a character. Uh, so that's kind of my thought. I, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> I don't, and it's not anything against Jody. It's just, it, it, leave stuff alone that's, that's not fictional. If it's nonfiction, let it, let it be. And that's all I got to say. Yeah, and just and just to just to round it out, yes. When we first, before we even decided that we were gonna, you know, make this a thing, make black table, make black table read what it is, I did bear that question because it literally was burning in my mind of like, because I love I love anything that the Wayans brothers touch, possess anything like that. And yeah, when White Chicks was released, I definitely was one of those people that can quote it from top to finish. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, on the favorites list for a long time. And then I thought about it. I was really thinking like, okay, as genius as they are, why make that? Like, why Why was that, you know, of course, understanding like why it was a hit, but it was just like, huh. And in this, in this case, I mean, th- those are fictional characters as Jerry's was putting it. But in this case... It's it's different because yeah, she's she's marking off a historical figure. And um just, just to get text, so she was in the the movie Without Remorse with Michael B. Jordan. I didn't say that before. And with the story, it'll cover those final months leading up to Anne Boleyn's execution in fifteen thirty six. And if you think about the year fifteen thirty six, what black person was really around for all that? Especially like in high society. And then the also in the place of high society. Yeah, and it's almost like, you know, people felt the same way about Bridgerton. Now Bridgerton is based off a book series, and people had their hang ups about Shonda Rhimes and what she was trying to do with it and how, you know, you have um in one of one of the families, there was a young woman who was supposed to be a cousin of the husband and she was a young mixed girl black and white and she falls in love with this white boy but you're thinking about it and it's just like oh this is high society like this wouldn't be a thing this isn't real but it's fictional in this mm-hmm. case again it does tread the water of uh maybe not so much but hey it may come out to be a beautiful project and Jodie Turner Smith definitely does grace the screen in such a way that you know she may rock it and do her thing she probably will and you know hey is one of us working. So get yours, Queen. Yeah. Just pick a, a better role next time. All right. That is the black top, y'all. We are going to pay some bills and get on out of here and let y'all join us at the table for the table read. We'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. This is Black Table Read. We're so excited for today's episode. Uh, Title is FUBU, not to be confused with the most 
famous FUBU, but this is Fund Us by Us. Uh, we're going to dive in deep, but we brought another guest in. There's been a season of guests so far. We got one, and then we said, let's go back and get another one. So <laughs> we're so excited to have the one, the only, Miss Tina Fears with us today. Um, yeah, she... Flowers. Look, <laughs> T, the, the thing about Tina, I don't know if she knows this, Tina's like one of the first people I met when I started getting into kind of our community here in Atlanta. Me too. When I went to the uh when I went to the black what? uh like inaugural uh event when we did the nineties party okay. and Tina was like the very first per- person okay. to speak to me and I was like I don't know nobody except for like two or three people but hey nice to <laughs> nice to be here. Nice to but I mean your wow. your example uh just overall has since that time has just been been dope. So uh, but I got to give you a proper introduction. So, Miss Tina Fears is from uh, the city of Los Angeles, California, uh, and is definitely, like I said, a staple here in Atlanta. Uh, she most recently uh, was seen in the uh, the Nat Geo miniseries Genius, uh, Aretha Franklin playing Mrs. Claire Ward, uh, which was fabulous. Uh, but she is also the co-founder of Black, which is Black Leaders Advocating for Cultural Theater uh, here in Atlanta. And she just wears many, many hats. So without further ado, everybody welcome Miss Tina Fears to the show. Woo woo! I'm so happy to be here and didn't know I was like one of the first people that you met. So that is really hilarious. <laughs> no, it you... Is. And Lydia, we did a show together. We did. Though. We were like, yeah. but even before that, when I was an apprentice at Aurora, um, you you oh were gosh. you were about to do. Well, matter of fact, on my way out, that's when you all were doing Memphis. Okay. And wow, wow I forgot. About I that. literally was just like, "Who is this chocolate goddess? Oh my gosh!" <laughs> and I literally was just like, "She's so good." Oh, you're doing like the splits oh, and all wow. this stuff, and I was like. She's so good. And then I was just like, dang. She, oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, like, and then, yes, when we. And then here we are, full circle. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then Simply Simone. Yeah, too, it right? was. I was understudying um, Shawnee and and Chelsea. And Valea, she she was understudying both you okay. and, and Marlise. But no, even with that whole process, like, I definitely was like, you know, pinned a pad of just like, yo, these are hey. the queens to follow, pay attention. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> So the, the impact is there, man. The impact is there. Y'all, I just, you know, I am was not expecting any of that. And it's like amazing when you interact with different people, you know, throughout the city and just along your journey. You never know what seeds you're planting or what impression you're making on people. And, uh, you know, it's challenging because when you're in the the demand of putting shows together or productions or events, you know, you're so, it's so much tone vision. So, um, my prayer is always that there is some good, you know, when people interact with me and something that will be positive. Um, but I'm proud of y'all. I'm happy to be on the show. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we we gonna jump right in. So so Tina, what with us, you know, we we talk a lot on our show about just especially last season. We have had a episode called for the culture, but like really breaking down like what does for the culture mean, like in terms of pushing for more uh, creative spaces for us, um, especially in terms of Atlanta, like 
we're the city itself is a melting pot but like especially in the arts uh whether it be stage tv or film like what does it mean for the culture to like make those spaces available to us for you yeah i think uh when i think of for the culture i just think I think the culture sometimes is underappreciated. The culture meaning us, Black people, our experiences, our art, what we bring to the table, our vibe, you know, how we influence everything. You know how kind of how people say, I've been leaning into that whole the South has something to say because we've seen an influx in Southeast talent being able to book in major, major spaces when we're looked at as a secondary market. So it's kind of that same idea. Uh I think the culture, I know, I'm not going to say I think, I know that our culture, our essence, who we are, what we contribute, we really are the heartbeat of, of we, are the, we are at the epicenter of creativity in Atlanta in every aspect. We are at the epicenter of business. We are at the epicenter of, you know, we've seen recently a new wave in the financial sector and in, in being able to solicit funding and build and create. So, you know, from a cultural standpoint as artists, you know, we are talking about the shows and the music and all of that, but one of the hats that I, one of the many hats that I wear is in the business space. And I just think that we have to figure out how to not just be the show. We have to figure out how to allow being for the culture to also reflect the business side of that as well. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who is all about the boom bap, you know, about the music and about the art and the fashion and all of that kind of stuff. But ultimately, we suffer from a lack of funding, you know, which I'm sure we're going to dig into in a greater way. And that is because we don't have the representation when it's, we don't have an abundance of the Heather infantry. I'm sure you guys have probably heard that name. You know, she is a woman who really did a lot of advocating last year for black arts organizations to get, a, get some of that, that funding over a million dollars in funding, but she really had to advocate for them, you know? So for the culture, for our generation is, we want to kind of take what the, those before us did and we want to push that thing to the next level because we don't want to just have bodies of work that have never been seen and never been put on stages. We want to have the funding to actually make those shows come to life where the artists can get paid, where the writers, directors, and all those get paid. Jerry, as you know, I can go on and on and on talking about a coin, honey. So uh, Look, look, no, no, no. I, I mean... <laughs> look, I'm here, but but it, but it, it's it's true what you said, like, and it's funny we we talked about him last week or the week before last paul mooney you know who passed away one of his great quotes that he said on the Chappelle show is that the black man is the most copied man in all of history uh and 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 i'll go even a step further the the black essence the black culture is the most copied in all of history because you look at even over in 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 china and I think me and Lydia were talking about this, the bowl hats, the Nike bowl hats became a boom uh, overseas. And so much now it's making a comeback. And so it's, 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 a, we are the market. We drive the market and everything from the clothes to the music. Like if it has our essence in it, it's going to make something. And, and like you said, I'm kind I'm kind of like Tina, and and Lydia knows this with my company, we don't play. <laughs> like and, and the only thing at times that keeps us from doing certain stuff that we have a vision to do is the funding. It's like, all right, where do we find X amount of dollars to put on this production? 
sustain us and then bring in more people because when we started our company, we were all about making sure people got something. I don't think we've done a production yet where we were like, hey, come do this for free. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, even if it's enough to put gas in your car twice, we're going to make sure you have it because it, we know what it's like to go into other spaces that we don't control, that we aren't really visible in and don't get paid anything or at least or not even get paid our worth. That's the even worse part. It's like y'all paying me, but it ain't it ain't what I'm bringing you. I'm bringing you everything. So. Yeah, I mean, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it leads into the next question of how do we incorporate like the general community into the arts and helping to um, get us to fund, you know, ourselves for success? How do you think? Um, I, I think it's education. I think it's it's introducing the art and really what goes on beyond the final product, you know, and making sure that the community is they're introduced to the artist. They are introduced to the process. You know, back when we were doing shows, we would provide, you know, previews and talkbacks. But I think really becoming innovative in what that process looks like. Um, you know, I believe and if I have a list of investors, I know when I'm asked to be an investor, I like to come in and see the process as it's being workshop because I want to see where my coins are going, you know. And so I think we have to reevaluate the ways in which we are approaching soliciting for funding. Right. So I can't just send you a deck. You know, y'all know I come from the corporate side. So like with BT and like when I was doing a GMA Devil Wars MTV and stuff, we would put these decks together and decks are very common now. You know, it's basically putting your proposal together in a very visual or interactive manner. I can't just give somebody the deck anymore, right? I have to be able to have those tangible receipts where I'm either saying, hey, let me invite you to, this is bad terming, but a sip and see, you know, let's do light bites and you sit on the rehearsal process or let me, and I'm giving y'all stuff that you may, may be able to use as you create funding for your show, Black Table Read, you know what I'm saying? Where people kind of are a part of the creative process because when it comes to our own folks, you know, we get our coins and we want to hold on tight to them and you really have to convince my goodness, I'm going to sell your soul to get your black people to invest in something. Whereas we'll see something that is more commercialized, right? We'll see something that is maybe Elon Musk can tell us to click our heels three times and the people are ready to go up, you know, right. and, and whatever this man is saying, do, do, which there's, you know, there's value there as well, but I hope you guys are understanding what I'm saying. So one, making sure that those that are being solicited for funding are privy to the process so that they understand what they're investing in, you know, and then two on the flip side, for those of us that are requesting the funding, you know, we've got to be creative. We have to be uh, intentional about the information we provide to the funder so that there is that my favorite word, my team at black knows I'm always talking about buy-in. There has to be that buy-in where somebody can stand behind what it is that you're asking them to fund. Now, there's hoops and strings and politics, and there are different things that are associated with funding. You know, uh, there are so many of us who are not necessarily in the nonprofit you know, space, but have things that are nonprofit funding worthy. OK, and uh, and so that can that can be a challenge, too. So, you know, again, I'm hoping with having conversations like this and us as a community, um, coming together to figure out, you know, how we can help each other win. You know, who got the plug on the funding? Like, let's not just hold them coins super close to one situation. Let's spread it out. You know, we all know today is marks the 100th um, anniversary of the Tulsa massacre, right? So Black Wall Street. 
I was doing some research and, you know, you see these 13 black founders. These are people who were bankers, attorneys, business owners, educators who came together and were creating, they were building something that would ultimately, you know, be residual for generations to come. So, you know, Lydia, you're asking me, how do we, you know, create that capital and how do we get things funded from within? You know, our, our own people have to buy into the vision and the vision is broader than just that particular project. Yeah. It's yeah, a vision so. of long-term, you know, it's the long, yeah. the longevity. It's the it. long game. What's the long game? You know? But I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we, a lot of times, we look at that mm-hmm. uh, in our community, especially like I was talking to my mom the other day and you know, we talk about family stuff. We, we mm-hmm. be, you know, when you sit around a table, you know, you're going to talk about it all. It's basically a black table read. Like, it's a black table read in the house. Right. Uh, and and we were talking about some of my family members and my extended family. And I'm sitting there listening and she telling me about some of this stuff. And I said, I don't mean to be funny or bougie, but where is the drive to do more than where you're at? Because for me, you know, I, I I grew up right in the city of Atlanta, right off of Allegheny and Cascade, which is a hop, step, and a jump from the Kroger off of Dunnelly. Like, I grew up, you know, in what they would classify as the hood or the swats or whatever. But, you know, my mom put me in a position of exposure in a lot of different ways. And there was an investment from the community to put me in, in different spaces. And but it, it's now it's like everybody's so quick. They want the quick money, the quick the fame. They want the the like we talked about last episode a couple episodes ago. They want the verified blue check. Like there's a buy in, but it's displaced in other areas. And so with us as artists, what someone just brought to my attention a couple hours ago, it's the visibility of us. A lot of times, it's like. They see us in shows maybe once or twice, but, like, do they actually know what we do outside of the stage? Like, are, how how much are we in the community? Because uh, a mentor of mine told me that if the streets love you, you good. Like, if the streets buy into what you're doing, whether it be a production, whether it be a nonprofit or something like that, the funding will in a way follow but the investment that they have for you and respect will will follow more so so i think that's also another angle we have to look at a lot of times and i think that's what's so great about you guys at black is y'all have that visibility uh not just in the arts but outside of the arts as a just in the community in general like if i see that it's it's black doing something i'm hopping on it because I, I'm, I've bought into what it stands for. I mean, when I saw the post about the, the upcoming uh, service project after the year on the march, I was like, oh, I'm making every effort to be there. I got rehearsal. I got a couple hours. I could, I could move some stuff around. But like you said, there's a buy-in because you see the validity of where it can go. And I think that's, that's it's, it's hard to get that not just from our own community, but from communities, from people that don't even look like us. That That's the tough part um, that I find a lot of times uh, with my own projects. It's like, I believe in it, my community believes in it, but 
how do I get people that might not even like my skin color to buy mm-hmm. into it enough to maybe get the funding? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring you're bringing up some some really great points, and and thank you for those those kind words in regards to the the work that you know Black is doing. Just to you know, y'all every email y'all get says in your service. You know, our our ultimate goal is to serve the community to find out what the community needs, and our hope is just that you know this little dusty trail we trying to blaze. You know, we hoping that it opens up space for everybody else that's trying to do stuff. You know, one thing I wanted to add was I think. Uh, sometimes our generation forgets the work, you know, that goes into getting to those spaces of the buy-in, especially from people who don't look like us. You know, it's a lot of hard conversations. It's a lot of sacrifice. You know, it's a lot of, if I'm going to step out here and do this, you know, I might not work at these theaters again if I got to call them to the carpet, but that might be a sacrifice that I'm willing to make in order for the people who are behind me to be able to be in a more um, equitable, aware, woke situation. You know what I'm saying? So for those of us that are like in these different spaces, having these conversations and building and, and, and hopefully it's received as doing it with grace and excellence, but you know, there's sacrifice that happens there too, you know? And so even though, you know, I can't wait to hear the interview about, you know, with the verified blue check and all that stuff, because that's real too. It's all about the optics for a lot of people, you know, and sometimes there's that surface success, but then there, there's a lack of meat and substance underneath it. So I think we should all just aspire to make sure whatever we're doing, uh, understand that it's a process, right? And that, um, what did my sister, my sister, my sister is like hilarious. She's, she's a couple years younger than me, but you would think she was my older sister. And she would say stuff like, you know, people should stop critiquing how somebody else is doing something and just try to do something yourself. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know how some people will sit back and, why she do that? Why they do that? I wonder why they did that. And it's like, but at least these people are trying. So I just want to just, you know, send love to the people who are in the airwaves, on the airwaves that are attempting to do anything, whether it be shooting a short, whether it be writing something, you know, doing this podcast, interviewing people, having conversations, ideas, just to be in, in the space of momentum is something that should be commended. So I want to encourage everybody that's just trying, you know, love to that. When we, um, cause we, when we cover verified, um, it, it definitely put things into a perspective of, like you said, it may come to a time when, you know, when you're asking for help and it come from said theater and the next thing mm-hmm. you know, you don't get any emails from them. You don't, you don't see any, you know, mm-hmm. audition notices or anything like mm-hmm. that. You just like, mm-hmm. well, dang, all I wanted mm-hmm. was some help. And I think that's where a lot of people get, they they had, yeah, it's like they, they had that fear, like, man, I just want to work. I just want to like get that opportunity, but that can just bear from, you know, you having to, like you said, had that sacrifice and also had the means to, to know that at the end of the day, you can create your own. That's the, that's the, that's the point that we're trying to put out is that you have to successfully, you know, believe in yourself that. If you're worthy enough, getting help from this said place, if they say no, that's that's the most that they can say. And at the end of it, it can be the catapult for you to just be like, well, well, shoot, maybe I can just go on. Right. And so that leads to my next one of what is your hope for the future generation to gain from all this transpiring currently, where it comes from, you know, the funding aspect and then for 
um, just even for you all at Blacks, like, you know, for the activism and everything, like, it's, it's kind of twofold, like, you know, pushing in the activism and the funding. But yeah, what what's your hope for the future generation to really just take from it all to help to, you know, push everything forward? I hope that our, through it all, I hope that this, the future generation is walking in a space that has been prepared for them and it will receive them differently than a lot of us were received, right? Because the leadership teams will be more diverse, right? The only time you see Black people won't be taking the tickets or the people that come and volunteer for the matinees or the guest black choreographer that comes in because it's a black show, but the MD is still white. The director is still white. You know what I'm saying? So I hope that the future generation from receiving in, we just, we're going to go through all of it as performers will see something that reflects Atlanta and that will also reflect the talent and the ability that our people have to really hold space and be excellent in these places that have once upon a time in our season right now, you know, we're slowly at a snail's place starting to see that. But a lot of us that were just performers are now kind of transitioning and we're becoming these multi-hyphenates, right? So I want to make sure that our generation, this next generation is operating at a singer, dancer, producer, writer, boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? Um, Also able to sit on somebody's board, also able to be a consultant, you know, create so on and so forth. So, Next generation, I'm hoping that they are more confident walking in a multi-hyphenate space, part A. Part B would be that the work that has been done and is being done, and of course, Black is just a fraction. There are people in our community that are doing wonderful things in different spaces. So the idea is that we create this synergy, right, that there's so much shaking going on that the table cannot stay the way that the table has always looked, that... You know, the work that you all are doing, the work that Black is doing, you know, Casey is up there trying to, you know, shake up the casting. You got Jamil, of course, on the South Side at True Color. I mean, there are so many different, and please, nobody slight me for, or think I'm trying to slight anyone. I'm just going off of what's at the top of my head. But the idea is that, you know, we turn this stuff over, you know, Tanache at the Alliance, Keith Arthur. I mean, there are so many people that are trying to turn these things around. You know, S. Renee Clark is going to always be you know, MD and something, you know? So the idea is that now Christian Magby moves into, you know, these MD spaces and, you know, there are so many different things that, and I'm just again, naming names, but we have to turn it over. So I want the next generation to see that there was a turnover that happened post the great awakening, you know, or the reckoning, you know, there was this turnover thing that happened. So now we're multi-hyphenates. And then the next thing is I want to see these coins free up. You know, there is so much money that theaters are able to receive. And I know a lot are struggling right now through the pandemic, but there is so much funding, arts funding that comes down, federal arts funding that comes down. The problem is when it's time to split that money up, I want our messages, our stories, our conversations, our needs to be for your consideration. You know what I'm saying? Like we need, our community needs to be at the top of the list, we're doing 10 projects this year. You know, I've got $500,000 to produce these 10 projects. You know, I don't want us to be the one of the 10, you know, we need to be like four or five, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because we're in Atlanta. Right. 
I think that was one thing that, like, I, I did not understand that. When I first moved here, I literally thought that almost, I mean, it's, it's we're everywhere. Lydia, Atlanta where are you is, from originally? Where are you from? Where'd you move here from? Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, okay. Okay, keep and, going. And there's, there's literally, like, oh, well, okay, in Louisville, it's more of the Black Mega Center. Um, besides that... <laughs> Because even like just looking at the map during during voting, Louisville was blue, and cert, certain like 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 little counties were blue. Everywhere else, red. Kentucky is that red state for sure. But besides that, yeah, when I first moved here, and really getting into everything, I I legit thought that there had to have been way more than said true colors. I think at that time, uh, New Grove Theater was still going on. And there was one more. And then, of course, you know, there were productions going out at Porter Sanford. And I remember, like, asking somebody, I was just like, so where's, like, the rest of the theaters? And they're just like, what do you mean? I was just like, oh, for sure. I mean, we're in Atlanta. Like, it's us. Like, there has to be more. And they're like, yeah. And I remember talking with um, with Eugene, Eugene Russell. And he was saying, like, oh, yeah, there was there was this this company that was going on. But they they said they, they've gone and, you know, they, they folded. And then, oh, and it was this one. They did this production. And I'm just like, well, what happened? He was like, well, shoot, lack of funding. Or, you know, it wasn't, wasn't you know, much participation or, you know, people moved away or whatever it was. And it's just like, well, dang, like how? And I think for some some of those companies, it was like the impurity of it all. It was like, like we said, we when you go and ask for help and then that same like company or those said individuals come back and they're just like, Speaking of which, we don't really care for everything that you all are doing over there anyway. So let's just take everything that we helped you all with before. And then the next thing you know, it's disintegrated and there's no more. And then you have, you know, younger artists coming up like, you know, Jerry's and I that are, you know, looking at these set theaters and just being like, well, shoot, none of us are around. It's not, you know, main theaters that are, you know, manned by us. So it's like we have to go to these places to get to get this work. And, you know, we also have those people who, like we said before, don't have that gumption to just, like, make something of their own. So they, they you know, they fiend off of, you know, getting those opportunities at these said places because they feel like there's nowhere else to go. So, yeah, it it, it definitely just, that was mind-boggling to me. I was just like, surely, there has to be more theater. And they were like, nope. <laughs> Even being from here, I mean, I, I got into the theater game late uh, because... I I was coming from a, a you know Lydia knows this I was coming from a classical background with opera which is even more obscure of us in it <laughs> uh, and I never really felt seen in in a lot of ways because uh, I was either I I didn't sing a certain way I I didn't look a certain way and just so then I you know I got into the theater and I just kind of found my footing here and there. But one thing I, I I am a firm believer that a lot of times your your best place is in your own hands. And so after everything with the awakening and the reckoning, it took me a while to want to work for somebody else because I knew me personally, I wanted to shake the tree. Like I wanted to call people out on the carpet. I remember I sent an email I sent an email to uh, a theater after they had posted uh, this, like, montage of pictures from their previous season. And it was all white. 
And I was like, I know I had at least five or six friends throughout most of your season. Could none and and this theater had just done hairspray before the pandemic hit too. And I was like, so I messaged one of their like frequent dancers and everything, and I said, hey, I know you have a better end than I do. Like, please like talk to your people about this. And so they eventually took it down. But I I sent an email. <laughs> Uh, to the artistic director just saying, hey, I'm X, Y, and Z. I own this company. I'm in the community. I never got a reply. But I, but I also never got a, out, out, outside from me and Casey talking, but I never also got an audition, you know, noticed. And I felt like that was because, uh, uh, for me personally, I I brought something to light that maybe they felt a way about or how I went about it. I was just like, you you can't expect things to move forward. And, and it's like you said, Tim, there has to be a sacrifice. I'm okay not working for certain people after a certain point. There, that's not what it's about because it should be a generational thing. You should be teeing up for the next wave. Like, we're in our time now. But what we do in this time will affect what happens after us. And I can't, I can't in good conscience continue down a road that makes it uncomfortable for the next person that looks like me not to go into a space or feel unworthy of going into one. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, that's, that's profound. And I think that that also speaks to the individual experience too. You know, I am, I am not an advocate of telling people where they can and cannot work, right? Everybody's situation is different. I'm a business owner. I've, you know, always kind of done things at the same time. So for me to say, I'm I'm out for a minute, you know, I never say never in any situation, but for me to make that individual choice, that's for me to make. So I'm never, I would never tell people, you know, don't work here, don't work there. I'm always pro if you are going to be there, to your point, Jarius, make room, plant seeds so that whoever comes in after you will be able to feel the residue of what you were able to bring to people working with you in that environment, right? So let's say we work somewhere and we have to have those hard conversations about the content or we have to have those hard conversations about costuming and wig and all that kind of stuff. You do your work, you do it, be excellent with it. You can't be silent, but there is now an awareness, right? Jerry, as you sent that email, so now there's a, an awareness that artistic director will not continue to do business as usual because your email will resonate and will ring out. They will remember the next time they get ready to put something out, I bet you good doggone well, they're going to check them lines and make sure, have we addressed this? Have we addressed that? And that's what I'm talking about as far as, you know, your marketing team, your, your, your content creation. It has to be, there has to be some cultural awareness in how we move in this city, right? And that that's even, you know, I've been on a lot of the um, task force conversations, like with the Susie's. I was a part of some of those earlier conversations after the, the reckoning and awakening and all that stuff. And, you know, one of the things that I can say publicly, I don't have any problem saying that was there is there sometimes in with that that conversation with the task force and others, there is this mindset that if you have people in place beyond the timing that they should be there, then you are now limiting the organization's ability to grow and evolve. Because if they're not open to these types of conversations, which may be uncomfortable, then when they're working on their marketing campaigns, they're not thinking 
to have the correct, you know, have diversity addressed to make sure that they are not necessarily, you know, there's no nepotism in there where you putting the same five people on the on the billboard across 285 who've always been on the billboard. I used to work at the Strand on the Marta bus. And when I worked at the Strand, I mean, they would, my goodness, you know, recycle people's pictures who hadn't done shows in many seasons just because those were familiar faces in Marietta, right? So every year you would roll out these banners and these campaigns. I only did one Strand summer, but, you know, it was people from three or four summers ago. Why? Because that was comfortable. It was familiar. And the people that were calling the shots in that space didn't see value in accurately depicting who was in the show, who was going to be there. Like you got to train the eye. You got to introduce these things so that people can start being able to see and receive something else. So, you know, yeah, it's a sacrifice there. Um, I'm never, you know, going to tell people don't work here, don't work there. And we also know it's not easy being the only one. That's the other thing too, right? We want to get in these doors. I've said this on other interviews. We want to get in the door, but my goodness, being the only black face, the only black voice with the black community on your back, sitting at these tables and you know what you say and how you say can impact if anybody else ever comes and works there again. That's a heavy load. That's that's a heavy load. So, um, but you know, kudos to you for sending that email out. Well, we wanted to ask you, because um, with Blacked, uh-huh. you all have your, your upcoming service coming up. Mm-hmm. And just give the people the idea of, one, how Black com- came about. Mm-hmm. And um, just let us know about anything else that you all have coming up. Yeah. So Blacked, uh, Black Leaders Advocating Cultural Theater. I, for- I start to forget how old Blacked is now. It's like, you know, two and a half years, almost about to be three years old because we all kind of set out last year. And it was really, um, you know, something designed to serve the Atlanta theater community. There was an article written about one of our Black actors uh, and it was published in the AJC. And it, it said that the actor, you know, looked like Aunt Jemima and sounded like she was from Grady High School. And, and that was found to be very problematic, one, because what are you talking about? Two, you published it. And then three, there was no organizational, organized entity that was able to advocate on behalf of the artist. You know, I'm a member of Equity. I don't know uh, where you guys are with, with your standing, but there are certain things that you can kind of let somebody else be the bad cop for you in those situations. And we talked about, you know, speaking up and then not being able to work again. That's hard for an actor who's in the middle of a show, in the middle of a run, to say something about, so y'all just gonna let this, you know, crazy article go up and I'm just supposed to come to work, you know? So the idea behind Black was really to create a nucleus that would support Black actors in any way we could, you know, in the city. And that was ultimately through advocating for representing us and you know creating opportunity but also coupled with service you know we are very um passionate about service myself my co-founders Brittany Miniweather and Marcus Hopkins Turner we are very much service centered in everything that we do and um and we thought what better way to you know be the change you want to see but by lead the people you know and, and be on the ground and so you know ultimately I mean Black has I think the things that the community has seen, they have been service projects. We had a very successful film festival where we were able to invest into black filmmakers, you know, during a time when people weren't performing and they had their cameras and they were shooting content. So that was an investment. You know, we've supported other organizations by, you know, small uh, donations and just trying to 
you know, fund us, buy us. I mean, that's basically, you know, whatever little coins we get, we're trying to figure out ways to do that. You know, we were able to bless Utopian Academy with the Tanya Jackson fund with a couple thousand dollars last year. And, um, you know, you know, doing the school, the toy drives for the schools and just, you know, I just always wanted to, it was always important for, for us to see us funding and helping us, you know, um, I'm someone who, you know, throughout my personal life, I've experienced, you know, low moments and there's nothing like being helped and supported by your own people. Cause you feel like there's a layer of compassion and understanding there versus people who may be handing you something and kind of turning away as they hand you something, right? Like you giving me a gift, but you're not looking me in the eyes when you give me the gift. So, you know, fast forward into where we are now. That's a whole nother topic. Mm. <laughs> um, Next but, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, because that'll preach. But um, but but fast forward into where we are coming up this weekend. You know, last year we had the Artist Solidarity March, which was really just, you know, it was it was an anomaly, man. It was something that we could never ever imagine that that many people would come out and protest. And, and it was a time where, you know, the country and, and people were just needing a release, you know, needed, people need to cry. They need to holler. They need to scream. They need to march. They needed to come together. We were isolated for so long, you know, and people sacrificed their jobs. They sacrificed their reputations, friendships, their health, you know, and for those who came out, March and those who couldn't gave, you know, they shared the flyer, they supported, they donated, you know, because it was just something that our city needed. And, you know, we were in the middle of a reckoning slash awakening because theaters were making statements in solidarity, knowing that they had not had not previously done the due diligence to make sure that those were true statements. And so at Black, our idea was, well, let's give people an opportunity to put life behind their words let's not hide behind an instagram post you know y'all remember every theater had a statement in solidarity with black lives <laughs> yep we see you we we're see here you for you yeah, yeah. Well, come on meet me in the streets put your lace put your shoes on let's go let's get out here you know let's and put so your insoles in <laughs> okay you feel me so um y'all getting the other side of tina now she's leaning she's oh, coming no, out. Look, look, look. She, bring she's it to the forefront you know, politically correct. She had the table now with the hot sauce and the chicken. So we, we, ah. <laughs> um, but no, but seriously, that was, that was the, the heartbeat behind it. And it really just grew. Um, and so we're fast forwarding now to the one year anniversary and just don't want it to ever be something that has been forgotten. I've observed, you know, kind of from the business side, you know, people are sliding back into business as usual. You know, we're definitely not expecting thousands of people and the protests and all of that. But for those who that was a special moment for them, we want to invite people to come down and to serve, you know, and what is community without service? Right. And how do we make sure that um, we are visible in the community, not just singing and dancing on stages, not just acting, but also serving and inviting our fellow artists from all walks of life, you know, to join us. So everything we're doing is going to be benefiting the Atlanta Children's Shelter. Um, you know, we've done some things for like the homeless community and schools and stuff like that. So we thought what better organization to serve. We want to put our hands on every aspect because when people think about Atlanta artists, we want you to see the totality of who we are and what we're about, you know, and Atlanta, sometimes Atlanta is a pass through for some people. You know, theater is a pass through for some people. Theater serves certain people for a season and then they transition and do other things. But like I said previously, you want to always make sure that you planted seeds on good ground 
and that they can be water and that you're now paving the way, you know, for other people to be able to eat from the things that you sold into the community. So that's where we're at June 6th at, at 3 p.m. We'll be at three theatrical outfit. We're going to do something to commemorate the protest. And, and I have to say again, like, I know it was a sacrifice for a lot of people to come out there last year. I mean, people, there were so many emotions. Go ahead, Lydia. No, like for me, um, I was telling India and Candy and like, it was a bunch of us that were standing right there. And I literally prayed that morning mm-hmm. um, before I even came down there. Cause that, that was my first March. I, mm-hmm. I had, I've never, you know, mm-hmm. I thought about it. I remember when you all first shared it in our Facebook group and I was just like, oh, that's dope. Like they're going to, they're going to march. And of course, this is why like everybody was going to march. And, and I, I can't remember if it was before mm-hmm. or after, but this is after like all of that stuff was going on downtown where they're yes. like boarding up, you know, the Omni and like, yeah. it was just crazy mm-hmm. down there. And all, I just remember praying. I was just like, Lord, I just want us to just all be down there all of us to be safe Mm -hmm. for the police to not Mm -hmm. just mess with us. Like I was, I was afraid. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think maybe like, I mean, maybe like two and a half hours before I was going to be meeting somebody down there and just, you know, parking the drive and, and uh, walk over there. They were just like, I mean, if you feel like, you know, you won't be up to it, then just, just donate or, you know, just at least like maybe just stand Mm -hmm. to the side. You don't even have to walk. Just like, you know, hand out waters Mm -hmm. when you can. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a, a, mm-hmm. a, a megaphone from somebody and like was standing to the side and was just like, oh. all right, y'all, we got waters in here. We got everybody. like, and yeah, I was like, we on. appreciate you. And yeah. I was just like, come on, it's a water station yeah. up here. Well, almost at the theater, mm-hmm. even, you know, like older folks that were mm-hmm. out there, I was just like, you doing good. You yeah. know, just, just being that cheerleader on the side. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, it became, it became the, the, the thrill of just like, this is for something. This, this is the change. Mm-hmm. All those kids that were out yeah. there it was just like they're gonna grow up and remember. Just be like, mm-hmm. man, when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, I remember like walking yeah. with mom and dad or walking with whoever was there. So I remember yeah. your mom was there, yeah. and I remember her getting up oh, and saying yeah. she was just like, I grew up during that time, and she was like, I have yeah. my daughter here, I have my my grandson here, and I'm here with mm-hmm. them because this mm-hmm. is what needs to happen. All of us coming together to make make a way and to make that change be seen. And I'm I'm glad I was able to make it and and. I'm I'm ready for this one coming up. So I was so upset I couldn't go because um, trying to survive, you know, you have yeah. to so. And and I and I wanted to be there. I think I reached out to it might have been Brittany or something. I, told okay. I couldn't come. And mm-hmm. but what spawned out of that was lift every voice mm-hmm. uh, with my company. Yeah. And so we ended up, of course, you know, Lydia was on that. Uh, I always got to take my sis with me. Uh, yeah. and, but, but we also incorporated like, uh, Terrence J and Allie Joy's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, eight minutes and 46 seconds short, mm-hmm. uh, music video. And we did, uh, Deshaun Garrett's, um, video of how could you like, we, Man. we made it very visible because, uh, what some of the cast didn't know is like my church where I, I have been singing for them as a choir leader uh for my sec for the bass section i've been with them almost six years now it's it's a presbyterian church so it's predominantly white uh but during that time they wanted to educate themselves and of course you know we always got all them texts and emails back last year talking about you know we see you we want to learn i said all right i'm not about to educate you because that's exhausting for me (laughs) to do tune into this and it will say a lot of what you may want or maybe not want to know 
Right. Um, and so that's when I kind of got the notion that this sector of our lives as black people is going to be won and fought on many different fronts. So I, I kind of put put myself back on my couch and relax a little bit. I was like, okay, you didn't make it to the march, but you did something else. Sure. We'll make it visible, make your mm-hmm. people visible. And I think that's what we we have to take away from this, uh, mm-hmm. just this conversation, and this will be an ongoing conversation. Is that it's gonna be it it's gonna be one on different ways, yeah, and in different venues and different corners of the world and the Atlanta community, and it's up to us to set it right now. Uh, yeah, like you kept saying for the next for the next wave. All I can think about is my future kids, whoever they're gonna be. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but you know but not even my kids somebody else's kids my cousins all I can think about is what example what community what life uh, expectancy am I setting for them now Um, and I and I don't take that lightly Uh, like you said sometimes being the only person in the room is a lot to to handle I mean I just wrapped up a show in April I was the only black cast member other than our stage manager that's happened to me at least four to five different times over the past four years. But I, I show up, I do what I got to do, and I make my presence known and what I stand for known. And I make sure the next person has that opportunity to be in that space or even create their own space. Uh, but I think it's hopeful um, talking to people like you and, and the entire black team and Lydia. Uh, it gives me hope that I'm not the only one out here. Uh, and it's a great feeling to know, okay, I got I got my peoples. Right. People is out here. We out here making waves. So, yeah, I, I love what you said about, you know, the this war or I don't know if you use the term war or battle, but it, it being one on many fronts, because I think that always always leans into the different skill sets that different people have, you know, and the protest was just like I said, just like black. It was just a small one moment in time that hopefully uh, would open up other doors. We know that there were, there's another organization they did, you know, a series of town halls that followed, you know, right after the march. I mean, there were so many other things that happened. And, you know, sometimes you have to work on people and work on the situation, you know, and so they can't just see a protest. They have to also see Lift Every Voice. They have to also see town halls. They have to also see that there is a demand for diverse hiring. Then they also have to see, we haven't forgotten about what happened during the summer of 2020. We still need the funding. We still need the coins. We still need the opportunity. And so then it starts becoming something that is not just a one-off, but it's a constant reminder as we all work in our different strengths on these various fronts to demand the change that has to happen. You know, it has to happen. And I'm hopeful because you know, my mother, you know, well, she she kind of where I go, whatever I'm doing, my mom is going to be there, you know, and she's a child of the 60s, you know, so all she's known has been protesting and demanding for advocacy and, and pushing for change and, you know, all of that. And, and for her to see her daughters and her grandchildren, my, my son, well, he wasn't able to be at the protest, but Micah is going to be down there packing bags on Sunday. You know, I marched in his honor last year, and now it's safe for him to come down and serve in this space. The same thing with my sister, you know, my nephew, her son, he will be down there serving because it is about really, because that's what we saw my mom do, right? Like, we're from Los Angeles, so when they would have 
Maxine Waters was our representative, you know, back in the day. I was a little, little, little baby girl, but I remember hearing her name and hearing my mom and them talk about her. And we went to the parades, we went to the MLK parades in Inglewood. I'm from the Valley, but we would always go to to our community when it was time to do cultural stuff. You know, Juneteenth is coming up. So it's important for children, younger generations, the ones that are coming right out of college to see Man, I could do a whole nother table read with you all because that's another conversation about how college don't really prepare you for what, what this thing really is. But I'm saying, I'm saying all that to say um, it is one on many fronts, Jerry. So that's a great point. It's one on many fronts. We all have different tools. We have different relationships, different skill sets. We can't always be all places, but whenever we can support and uplift each other, even if it's not our idea, we have to find ways to do that uh, yeah. to, to really make sure that we're presenting community. Whew, man. I, this has Liddy, filled me. This, look, I'm ready to go out in these streets now <laughs> and just just make it happen. Oh, man, this is... Tina, this is this is why you 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 my peoples. This is why. This is why. I'm so proud of you guys. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I mean, this this is great. I, like I said, I'm glad to know that there are people in, in my life and in my circle that are like-minded and want nothing but the best for our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a great feeling. So, I mean, I I, I know this Sunday is going to be filled with so many emotions, but I I know it's it's going to be just what the community needs, just what yeah. the city needs. Uh, so I'll, I'll definitely be uh, praying uh, protection for yeah. everybody. Uh, but most importantly, trying to figure out how I can even go even farther once y'all like i said you set the standard it's like a relay i'm gonna take it and run that's with what it it's about next table, so. yeah and sunday we just you know, like i said sunday is we're commemorating you know the the protests and honoring those who marched because everybody has a story like you a story like you lydia everybody has that different thing that got them to and where they found themselves in the midst of but then it's also, you know, doing this service project and then um, and, and keeping it moving forward, you know. So we need donations. You know, all the stuff is on the black site, whether people want to give five dollars on the link tree, a dollar, whatever, or people who want to bring stuff and drop stuff off. We have that list up there. And then, of course, we just need volunteers to help us pack. So, again, it's a moment to commemorate, to reflect, to, to celebrate where we've come, the fact that we made it through, the support we had from the city to not, we were not faced with any police officers, no National Guards and all of that, because we really wanted to do the work, everything we could do to let the people know who we were and what we were doing. Um, we tried to do that up front. And so we're thankful that it was peaceful and all of that. And just, you know, commemorating that, that 2000, 2000 of us were bold enough to step out there and say, we demand change. You know, artists, we're going to do our part to make some noise. So. Yeah. Well, Tina, thank you so much for joining us. I, I mean, like you said, we could we could talk about this for hours. hours. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but it, it's 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 been such a treat, such a treat. So yeah. We definitely got to get you get you back and and uh, for next season because we coming back. So it, <laughs> it's, it's only right you come back with us uh, if your schedule permits. You Whatever know, you y'all need, booked and blessed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm always a text away. If I miss a phone call. We'll call back. I will text, hey, I missed you. So whatever I can do to support you guys. And, and on, on behalf of Brittany, Marcus, and myself, you know, we, we appreciate you all giving us space to share what we do. And we, we support what y'all are doing as well. 
Oh, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. All right, people. Well, we're going to take a quick, quick break, and then we'll be back for our BTR moment. So keep it locked, all right? BTR moment, and if you've been rocking with us, you know that is our breathe, think, release moment. It's kind of where we wrap up everything, uh, but first let me just say I am so proud of us uh, and proud of you, our fans, for just rocking with us for yet another amazing season. I mean, season two just took off. Um, we just had our second guest, Miss Tina Fears. I mean, who would have thought last season that would have even been a thing? Uh, but here we are, and it's only getting bigger, and it's honestly thanks to you guys for the encouraging words for, to both me and Lydia, to the Black Table Read as a whole. Uh, I'm just thankful. Um, fund us by us. Just thinking about those words, it gives me hope for the capability and the capacity that we have as a people to push beyond when forces tell us not to or forces try to keep us from doing such. Um, it speaks on to the incredible calling that many of us have on our lives to be examples of something greater than ourselves. Uh, myself, I feel a tremendous weight. It's a good kind of weight, though, and a responsibility to be a beacon of what's possible. Like I said, I grew up in 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 the West End area of Atlanta, which, depending on what you got into, you might have went on to high school after you finished at Brown Middle School. You might have not. You might have been pulled into another completely direction in life. But I feel very fortunate to be able to go back to those spaces now and be of service in a way that gives people that look like me, other options. They don't have to carry a football. They don't have to do a basketball. They don't even have to rap if they don't want to. They have the world as an oyster. And it's only because we continue to invest in our community, in ourselves. Because unfortunately, the world is not always going to do it. That's that's kind of the, the grunt of it all. It's, it's not going to come from those that don't look like us a lot of times. And we shouldn't expect it to. We have enough capabilities and enough power within ourselves to do the work that needs to be done. Um, I, I, I just think it all is in our community. It's in our village. Um, I, I, I just, I can't put it any more play. Everything you can possibly need comes from the people that are in your circle. And even if that person in that circle don't have it, trust and believe there are several people within their own circle their individual circle that might have the answer. Sometimes it takes a phone call, sometimes it takes a, a reach. But the one thing that I wanna tell you is that when you go asking for something, don't go to purely, to primarily just ask, hey, I need you to do something for me. A mentor once told me, when you go to ask somebody for something, whether it's a Fortune 400 company, whether it's a community, uh, a community uh, activism like Blacked or anything, you never go, hey, I need your help with this because I believe in my project. It's no, hey, I have this project, but I also like what you've been doing. How can I be of service to you as well? Because it's a give and take. 
it, it shouldn't be just take, take, take. It, you should feed back into the community and the spaces that you come from. Um, yeah, so one one question that we didn't get to ask in the end, and I think um, I'll ask myself and answer myself, uh, is, it, is it honestly possible for us to fund ourselves in projects without the need for outside interference? And the answer is yes. It, 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 it takes the community to push past what we are given the space to just exist in. Uh, every, like I said, everything you need is right in the community. But, and, but much so like Tina says, there has to be foreshadowing to go beyond where you are right now. So yeah, I'm on Tuesday, June the 1st, but I have to look way past today and say what's happening in the next couple months, couple years, and how does that affect those who are beside me, in front of me, and behind me? Because um, it's not about self. I, I, I could be selfish over chicken nuggets or something like that, but I can't be selfish <laughs> over the the furthering of our people. I just can't. I, I'm, I'm selfish about my food, but I can't be selfish about the progress of my people. It just don't work like that for me. It's been too long that we've been in the shadows. We've been pushed to the side. We've been pushed to the back. The time is now. And like Tina said, there's going to be some sacrifices that have to be made. You might not get the, you might not never work for that company again. But you set yourself up to help somebody else if done right. That's all I got, Lydia. I, I you know me. I'll get on my I'll get in my pulpit and we'll be here another th- and you will 30 be minutes. here by <laughs> yourself for the next two hours because <laughs> we don't have a connection plate. <laughs> <sighs> But no, thanks so much again to Miss Tina Fierce for coming on and giving us all of those gems. She is a wonder of a person. So really quick, um, just to reiterate for the services coming up on Sunday, June 6th at 3 p.m. for Black Black Leaders Advocating for Cultural Theater. Uh, we're meeting again at Theatrical Outfit down off Lucky Street if you are in the Atlanta area. Artists of all walks of life, please come on and join us as we just commemorate the year after we marched, as you heard from my story, it was literally something that I didn't even know if I was going to be, you know, in the headspace to do. And I'm glad that I went on down there to do it. So come on out if you can. And if you like to send, if you want to send out donations and just check out anything that Blacked is doing and has coming up, check out their website at BlackedATL. That's B-L-A-C-T-A-T-L dot com. Love it. All right, brother. Love it. Let's get on out of here. It's the season finale and we almost at uh, hour and a half. <laughs> hey, hey, talk about breaking. We had a lot barriers. to talk about, though. We had a, we had a, we had to get so everything it, together. It was so worth right? it. So, if you want to shout out to us, give us some love. Give us some uh, com- comments about anything from the season. It's been a jam packed one. You can hit us up at blacktableread at gmail.com. Follow us on all social platforms at blacktableread, and be sure to check out the season. Um, versus one and two. Check out both of those on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor. Anchor, you can see the whole thing um, on each of the different platforms that we're available on. And we we appreciate you all so, so much, especially for the folks that were asking, like, are you all coming back to Facebook? 
Probably not, but probably we do not. have some. <laughs> we do have some 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 things in the works to probably give you all some snippets of um, some visuals that we do have from prior episodes. So yeah. that's what we'll do. So stay tuned, guys. Uh, <laughs> we we not stopping. I don't I don't hope you got the gist of that. We've said it a couple times today, but yeah. So season three, whenever it comes out, we uh will drop that premiere and you'll be able to hear. It. So. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Y'all enjoy the rest of your day and be blessed, be loved. And we'll hear y'all soon. Take care. Bye. Peace. Bye.